Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Devin Bidwell. Devin bowled collegiately at Wichita State University, graduated back in 2015. Devin is also a member of Team USA. Devin, I want to thank you for joining myself and Coach K. Steve Klemkin today. Thank you for having me. All right, Devin. Well, you're actually, in all honesty, you're one of the, um, probably the latest in the long line of Wichita shock, uh, State Shockers that we've had on. Steve being a, a, an alum of yours. And Steve, we could probably go back and, and talk about all the shockers we've had. But I guess let's talk about what really led you to go to Wichita State, you know, a California boy, going to the Midwest and, uh, and deciding they want to go to school in Wichita. Well, I was recor- recruited by Jake Peters. Um, I mean, I didn't really have aspirations of going to college or even getting a degree. Um, after high school, I spent three years playing computer games. And, uh, I, I mean, I didn't really have any plans for the future at all. Um, and they have a tournament in Vegas called, or I don't know if they still have it. It's called the junior world team challenge. Um, and I, I'd see some friends from the Midwest every time we bowled that. And he kept bugging me every time I went out there to Vegas and, uh, eventually I, I kind of applied to the university as a joke because I didn't expect to get in. And I was accepted, or I was accepted. So uh, after that, two weeks later, I went to Wichita. <laughs> That's cool. So tell us a little bit about your time in Wichita. I mean, you said you didn't really have the aspirations for it. What was what were you expecting, and then uh, what was your experience like? I really didn't have any expectation. Um, I mean, I wanted to bowl, but. I, I realized that the school came first. Um, so I, that was a big adjustment because I, I wasn't too motivated with my um, studies in high school or prior to that. Um, but once I realized that what you put in off the lanes, you sort of get back on the lanes. Um, uh, I, I guess I, had to do that. Um, yeah, in college, I I went through a lot personally. I think I, I learned more about myself than I did um, bowling. And the amount I learned bowling, I I can't like number that. There, there's just so much to learn, uh, especially in the in the soccer bowling program. Um, so yeah, I mean. I, the first year I bowled, I I didn't make either team, or sorry, I made the developmental team. Um, and the next three years, I was on the selected team. Um, didn't really do anything spectacular, but I I think the years I spent in college were more for me personally than uh, than growth in bowling. Even though I, I did grow as a bowler a lot, I I grew as a person. And, um, I, I guess Coach Vatican would vouch for me. I grew as a person way more than, than a bowler. Mm. Yeah, so you bring up Coach V. So talk about the the best piece of advice you received from either him or Coach Lewis. 
from Coach Lewis. Oh, I, <laughs> I I get stuff all the time because every time I come back from uh, a tournament, whether it it be big or whatever, I I sort of go over the tournament with Coach L and, and Coach V, and um, I I really can't narrow down one piece of advice uh, because I every time I I talk to one of them, I get something out of it. Um, that I try and use moving forward. Uh, so yeah, sorry, I don't, I don't have much for that one. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, we just did have a, a huge tournament uh, just uh, uh, about six weeks ago or so. You may have heard of it, and I think some of the bowlers that may have heard of it called the U.S. Open. And it was in Vegas, and a really good friend uh, of yours, Francois Lavoie, fellow shocker or so, won that. What, what was that like for you just to... To, to, I don't know if you were there in person or not, or what it was like for for you to to see him win an event like that. Um, Frankie's a pretty humble guy, and I I asked if if he wanted me to stay, um, and he didn't. I mean, he didn't he didn't want to change the way things were going. Um, he sticks to his processes really well, um, and it's it's weird. Uh, you kind of don't expect one of your best friends to, to be that guy so quickly. Mm. Um, and right now he's, he's bowling like as one of the, the better guys in the world right now. And yeah. um, it, it's just kind of, it's humbling. It's, it's kind of cool. Uh, I mean, he hasn't changed uh, and we still joke around. We, we're still, um, and we still hang out whenever, uh, it, yeah, I'm I'm glad for him. It's uh, it's really cool to see. Yeah. So another one of your teammates back there was uh, Matt McNeil. So talk about how it was able to communicate with Matt and work with Matt. You know, with the, the little bit of the age difference, uh, I won't say which one's older there, but um, just how you were able to work with <laughs> Matt and even you know, like you said, for your, a guy like yourself, you, you know, you were. Uh, you know, pretty solid bowler, and you go out there in the first year, you don't even make the team. How can someone fight through that and not say, not get discouraged or say, the heck with this, I'm going to, you know, le- you know, drop out or what have you? So talk about that and kind of how you're able to keep your, your spirits where they needed to be and, and your mental game also where it needed to be when something like that happened or when you face adversity. Well, I, I guess the tryout environment for shocker bowling is a lot different than any environment you encounter, uh, whether it be professionally, internationally, um, even something like the Peterson that I've never bowled, but I've heard stories. Uh, it just that the lanes and um, the whole process challenges you to think differently. It challenges you to, to do things on the lane that you don't expect to do and you don't even know are possible, um, especially coming from uh, wherever you come from because everyone who goes to WSU is kind of like the best from their area. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, you kind of have to realize that you have to learn what needs to happen in every kind of environment. And in in the, the trial process environment, you, you need to shoot spares. You need to be able to control the pocket. You can't try and um, throw it coast to coast and, and hook the whole lane because they won't let you they meaning the coaches they they won't let you i mean maybe they'll put out a pattern um because we bowl in so many different patterns that 
that force you to control the pocket so well. Um, they might put one out, but you're not looking for that because the other patterns don't let you do that. So it's, it's, it kind of messes with you. Um, it did for me, especially because when I grew up, um, bowling, I mean, all I did was bowl in house patterns and, um, I, I learned how to hook the lane and strike that way. But when, when they took that away, I, I was blind. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And I think that showed my first year in tryouts. That's for sure. I was just going to say spare shooting, you know, uh, it, one of the things when we talk to, you know, even Pete Weber, when you ask him, Hey, what's the key when you want to get better? That's the first thing he says out of his mouth all the time. You know, he's, and he was always known for his power game, but he says, you got to learn how to make your spares. And, and Michelle Mullins, a gold level coach, and she just wrote a book on, on making spares and the importance of it. So that's just, I thought that was pretty cool that you mentioned that. Exactly. And you have to be able to control the pocket so you can leave things that you can spare. And if you try and hook it, you're not going to leave things that are very easy to pick up. Um, you mentioned Matt, and uh, I, I guess it was, I guess he's a little older. Um, he's, he's a different character. And he brought a lot to the table um, in, in terms of experience. Uh, and I, I assume it was challenging for him as it was challenging for us to, to sort of bridge the gap between us because, I mean, I was in college from like, I was 21 to 24 or so or 25. Um, and he went when he was older than that. And then there were people younger than both of us. Uh, so trying to bridge the gap of, of people coming into college and going from like having, I guess maybe strict parents, I don't know, or having to do things to being free. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was different. It was cool to see Matt grow and, uh, all the collaboration. Um, it was cool to see. Yeah. And you mentioned your parents. Now I do know, uh, I do know your dad has been a strong, uh, supporter of, of yours. I know I've, I've met him several times and, and he's rooting you on at a lot of tournaments. Are you going to be, uh, participating in the team USA trials coming up? I will be bowling team trials, and um, luckily he moved to Vegas so that uh, like me and if uh, a few of my friends come out to bowl tournaments or uh, I know the, the World Series was there a couple of years, but every time a tournament's out there, he has a house and we can stay there, and it really helps with costs of uh, travel when it comes to bowling tournaments. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone else supports my bowling more than he does. So you talk about uh, controlling the pocket and make, leaving yourself stuff you can make. We're seeing now on the PBA Tour, there seems to be a, a revitalization, I guess you could say, in the last maybe two, three, four years of people throwing urethane. Is that kind of where you think kind of that is coming from? The guys with some of the higher rev rates saying, I'm going to throw, you know, throw urethane. I know Anthony Simonson has been one who's done it. Uh, yes for Swenson, et cetera. Is that kind of maybe where you think that's going? And what are your thoughts on that? Because then you have the other side of the coin of people who, who, are, who complain that it, quote, unquote, messes up the patterns as well and, and carries oil down a little crazy. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's moving backwards in a way to where we're using urethane, but it's certainly a good tool because it controls friction so well. Um, I don't know if urethane can be best used to control the pocket. I know it can be used to control the lane really well. Um, and in the trout process for shocker bowling, it's not really something that you can just switch to a ball that doesn't hook and throw it at the pocket. Um, it requires some skill because they'll put oil on the lane in spots that 
kind of make you use different hand positions to to make the ball shape correctly. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, guys with higher run rates they can certainly use the urethane. Um, it, it's a useful tool; can't deny it. Uh, but I don't know if it's like the answer. I don't. I don't think it'll be the answer to to some of the things that we have to do. It still requires a lot of um, different skills to learn to get the ball to read the lane correctly. I don't think a ball is ever the answer. I know you're talking about shape and motion now. You know, as far as as far as that goes, I know a lot of bowlers when they're just talking about ball reaction, they're they're really just only talking about the back end, like how much entry angle. Do you see the lane in different parts, or you just, do you see only the back end? Um, I've been forced, and I think a lot of people that go out on tour are forced to see the lane more front to back than they ever have. Um, the way the lane breaks down on tour is completely different than any other environment that I've ex- that I've ex- experienced. Um, I know for a couple of years it felt like you could look at the lane side to side. Um, a few of the patterns there was kind of somewhere to throw it to. Um, if you got your angles in the front opened enough, then it felt like you could just throw it left to right. Um, but now uh, the the oils are changing. Um, the oil they're using now is very thick, um, and the volumes are really high. And there isn't somewhere to throw the ball to. You have to um, see the ball pick up front to back and in, in the right spot. And if you don't, um, you struggle, you average 200 when you have to average 240. Um, and it's, it's really simple. A lot of the guys can get to the pocket. Everyone's a great bowler, but if you don't see the lane the right way, then you, you don't succeed in, in that block. And with, uh, the way the tournaments are, it's, that's a tournament done. You can't, you can't really do anything about it, especially when we have, uh, such short formats. Um, but yeah, uh, seeing the lane front to back, um, I mean, there, there are many ways to see it. Uh, and it's different in the PBA. It's different in uh, the trial process for soccer bowling. It's different in college bowling. Um, it's different than league and you can kind of draw parallels between the environments, but you really have to learn to see the lane creatively to succeed. All right, Devin, my final question for you, what are some of the pieces in, in the uh, storm arsenal that you're really liking or that you're throwing a lot of, a lot of great new releases again, around the storm collegiate spotlight. Uh, what are you throwing and what's in your bag when you go out, whether it be, uh, you know, for these tournaments with uh, the world series just ending up or, uh, you know, if you're just out at a, a local tournament or something, what are you liking out of the storm and roto grip line? I'm, <laughs> I love the storm equipment right now. I, I try and throw a phase two as much as I can, and I probably throw it too much <laughs> um, because it, it kind of gets me in trouble. But uh, the phase two, the code black, I really like. Um, I love the haywire. That one controls the lane really well. Um, the rocket ship open up, opens up the lane really well. Uh, th- those are kind of four that are always in my bag. Um, and I throw a pitch black at spares. Uh, and I, I also throw that on the shorter stuff. Um, so yeah, that's, that's mostly my arsenal when I go places, uh, give or take a few balls. 
Well, you're not the uh, not the only one liking the phase two. I did just see uh, uh, Ron Moore, uh, who's in his he's in I think he's about fifty six or so, fifty seven years old or so. He's mm-hmm. in better shape than most twenty seven year olds. But uh, he did just shoot eight eighty eight with the phase two. Oh, wow. I actually saw that. Yeah. So <laughs> so you're not the only one who can't put it down. <laughs> Definitely don't don't hold that against you. <laughs> well, thank That's you. Thank you, Devin, so much for your time and uh, appreciate it joining us for the Storm Collegiate Spotlight. And uh, best of luck at the team trials in Vegas. And I look forward to having you on again and uh, wish you the best. Thank you. Thanks for having me.